0: I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. We are back for another episode of Digital Divination. I have no idea what number it is this time. What do
1: you mean, no idea? no idea what number? We've been talking about this for forever. When I'm not around and you and Jason are on here, you guys are talking about how close you're going to get.
0: Yes, yeah, so this is our 100th episode of Digital Divination. Hooray! Before we get going, uh, Ron, you need to say something. Oh,
1: I do need to mention that I'm an employee of Wizards of the Coast and my opinions are mine and not theirs. Yes. Um. And with that standard disclaimer out of the way, 100. Now I know, John, you've done a lot more investigation into what makes good podcasting and uh, how well, people. I do obviously don't know.
0: So, <laughs>
1: well, I mean, this is, you know something this has been going for a hundred. <laughs> yes, and is yes. there? I mean, is a hundred a big milestone? Is 200 a big? When, when do we celebrate? Like, kind of having a stamina that most other podcasts don't.
0: A hundred is a big uh, is a big milestone. Okay. In general. Yeah, 100 is. Uh, and especially when you look at the fact that we record every other week, that's roughly four years, which we haven't missed an episode of as well. Wow. Wow. So that's pretty good. Um, before we go too much longer, I want to say that unfortunately, Jason couldn't join us today and we're hoping that we can get him in, uh, in the next episode. Exactly. And- I miss he, him. I, I like
1: him. I mean, the three yes. of us together, I think we kind of have a good, good kind of jam. That's
0: yeah. It, but it is kind of fun. I mean, this is back to where it started. Just me and you. Exactly. Exactly. I was listening to,
1: uh, to some of where this started and I was listening to one of the earlier episodes and we mentioned at the beginning, uh, that we just bought our camper because it was oh, the height yeah. of the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> yes. and we wanted to be able to go out and, um, vacation as a family and uh but not be interacting with people right it wasn't nobody was going to disney world or things like that at the in 2020 um but we Mm. got a camper to go camping and we'd just gotten it before episode eight i want to say and i was like oh this is exciting this will be kind of fun and now look at man we have used the heck out of that camper Uh, um it was it was as good a deal as we were hoping it would be and as good for like our family as it would be. So, I mean, that was kind of neat to listen to how to listen to me being excited about getting it. And that was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to think, you know, what else is going on four years ago. So my, my youngest was still in college in Calgary. So she has since graduated for undergraduate, got a master's, and now she's in her PhD. You know, so a lot happens in wow. working yeah. on a PhD, yeah. So I was working in, you know, four years. It's, it's a lot that, that went on there. Um, I was also thinking back about some of our um, memorable episodes. Okay. what's What's been memorable for you? Do you have any... Offhand,
1: well, I still feel a little awkward about the uh, the April Fools episode, yes, uh, yes, uh, where when I was at Pi- right. and it's only become more awkward with time yes, passing, yes. It um, it was the April Fools episode where we had announced at Paizo that we were doing an abomination vaults in uh, fifth edition D&D roles, right. and that seemed at the time, yeah, as a Paizo employee, I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a really good money-making opportunity, right? You know, I was arranged for the development of that and having David and Ross do the conversion and uh, work with some of the editors at Paizo who were more knowledgeable about Dungeons and & Dragons. And that was like, that was going to be a great idea, but it kind of took, it took the a lot of the world by surprise, thinking, oh, I guess Paizo is now given up and they're doing nothing but Dungeons & Dragons now. And so our April Fool's episode was playing with that and me confirming that yes, as of today, today being April Four, as of today, I am telling you, Paizo is converting everything over to uh, to 5th edition. And it was just increasingly implausible the longer it went on. And the fact that you and I, John, were able to sort of play it straight through increasing levels of implausibility about burning <laughs> the entire warehouse yeah. uh, you know, stock down. Um, and again, that's become... It's become increasingly awkward because not only yes. did I leave Paizo to go to Wizards of the Coast, but uh, shortly after I started at Wizards of the Coast was the uh, the OGL issue, which was right. a, um, uh, which Paizo saw as a real threat to what they were doing in, and made it super awkward um, for them to be doing a Dungeons and Dragons product. Um, I think the last I have seen, they still have that product as forthcoming. I don't think they've canceled it. Um, I don't think they've, I don't know how much they've done with it since I left. Uh, it was not quite in, it was not in publishable format when I left, but it was getting there. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do about that.
0: Yeah, no, that's the one that immediately came to mind (laughs) for me as well. (laughs) I I do say, here's a, here's a weird coincidence
1: because we're doing, we're playing, um, uh, Defy the Dragon, uh, kind of offline and that involves a lot with mechs. And this one episode that I happened to listen back to episode eight or whatever was when the playtest first came out with the nano site and mechs in it.
0: Oh yeah. And so it was very yeah. interesting
1: to me to have gone from, you know, the world I'm in now where I'm sort of, you know, immersed in mechs because it's part of our, our game to, Oh, remember when this wasn't even a thing, it was just coming out in playtest form. That was kind of a,
0: mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. a callback. Yeah. And I think other things, you know, when uh, when you left the show, that was actually and, and Jason came back. That was kind of another big milestone. That was around episode fifty five ish or something. Yeah, I think Somewhere I've still there. got I think
1: yeah. I still think I'm second to you. He hasn't surpassed me in appearances yet. <laughs> and uh, Jason Tondro had a guest
0: appearance as well yes. I couldn't yep. make it one time. Yep. That was yeah, uh, Jason Tondro as well in there. Yeah, so it's kind of we've had some interesting things. That we did another April Fools. Do you remember the other one that we the did? The other I <laughs> no, oh, where we swapped with digital. Div, uh, with Oh, um, that's right, with Legend uh, Lore. Legend Lore, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, when uh, when April came around and Jason and I were doing that, I we were trying to think of something short, and we you uh, know short notice we didn't. We didn't come up with anything yet. So next year, next year, this coming year, I mean, we'll air, see. This April, we'll, we'll see. Come up with something on that.
1: Well, I think it actually happened. I mean, it, the 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 one that I referred to earlier was. I think the release date was actually on April first that year. So we released like it, it. We released it early to, to hit oh, the, in order to hit the April first. Yeah, so yeah,
0: and uh, Ryan was a little surprised, and then he saw. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. So that, that that was that was kind of neat. Um you know I'm thinking back to why we started this in the first place.
1: Well, it was yeah. Yeah, I mean your idea was a show yeah. that I've never heard of called Car Talk.
0: Yes. Yes. Right? That was the initial
1: thing. It was like <laughs> yeah. it was just a couple of guys get on and talk about cars. I'm like, "Well, I yeah. can." I mean, I can see I can see the comparison even not yeah. having known that show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we only did audio. Right. Uh, early on. Right. So video has just been a, within the last year, year and a half that we've been doing it. Uh, but yeah, that's what I kind of envisioned is that we would go and just talk about Starfinder stuff. And because we were playing a lot of Starfinder, oftentimes it revolved around what we were doing in game that week for actual mm-hmm. plays or um, our own home groups and or what we had been writing on or had written on as well. So it would just kind of revolved around those sorts of topics.
1: Oh, that's, and that's, I mean, we still play an awful lot of Starfinder, yes, right? That, that hasn't yeah. really changed. And mm-hmm. I'm not writing any Starfinder, but you yes. know, you are and, or have been, and uh, we're excited to kick off a whole other Starfinder campaign, perhaps in the very near future. So
0: yes, yes. I, um, you know, I was looking into that. We were, uh, we were talking with our, with our Intrepid Heroes group, they They don't have any VTT support for the Scour Stars Adventure Path yet. Nothing. Oh, huh. Yeah. Um, Is it that there's
1: no no money there or something? I guess they're they're so aggressive about putting out the VTT support for Pathfinder, yes, like Pathfinder EPs and such.
0: Well, Aaron did say because people were posting about it on Facebook, right? Um, Social media. Uh, say, oh yeah, is I asked and and uh he said no and other people said, Oh, we really wish there would be and stuff like that. So he's gonna pass it on to the team to see about getting that done, but who knows, right? It's because it's not gonna be an in-house team that does it. They they right. they contract out to have somebody do it. Um, I'm hoping they do because I want to run it. I'm gonna run it online for our our Intrepid Heroes group. I had planned on running it on uh Foundry. But it's for me, it's easier. I know how to put stuff into Roll20 really, really well. Foundries, uh, I'm a little uh, little rusty on. I've only done it for one adventure path. So I'm st- still hoping to go there, but it's like, ah, I might have to just go to what's easiest for me. I don't know at, at this point.
1: Well, and, and my understanding is I've heard from several people that it's it's worth taking the initial... Yeah. Jump to learn how to do foundry mm-hmm. because it's so valuable i mean it's yes. there there is i mean there is sort of a a a cost in sort of you know brain power there's a, there's in fact a, a barrier of entry uh intellectually to switching over to something new but I've heard so many people say foundry is worth overcoming that barrier of entry because it's so good mm-hmm. um I don't know I've only played foundry a couple of times and as a player, I thought it was really kind of smooth and easy. And even when I was playing it, it was long enough ago that it wasn't even as smooth and easy as it is now, apparently. I'm yeah. hearing that it's gotten even better. Um, so I'm sorry to hear that they're not supporting the Scoured Me Stars too. through that. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not willing to volunteer to do it for them. I <laughs> might just do it for myself uh, at this point. But I'm also hoping if we talk about it enough, maybe somebody out there is doing it and uh, I can partner with them. <laughs> to, to,
1: well, and uh, and that's possible yeah, too because I yeah. had I would have thought in sort of a uh, I don't know and maybe a too dismissive kind of way I'm like well yeah. what incentive do they have to do one of the last two adventure paths before Starfinder Second Edition comes out right it's why well, you know why would they spend the resources in order to do that instead of saving up to make Starfinder Second yeah. Edition Foundry modules way better yeah. but it's it's not a strict. It's not a strict dollars comparison. With a lot of the people that do foundry stuff, it's really do they feel like doing it? Do they want to put the work in, right. you know, because it's something that is maybe something that's passionate for them. When right. I was publishing on uh Pathfinder Infinite and Starfinder Infinite, I had people who would reach out to me and say, "I would like to make a foundry module for this." Hmm. Um and I think it could be pretty good. Um that was something that I didn't I didn't end up doing. Because the project that they were looking at, which is basically a whole bunch of mon- like tons and tons and tons of monster stat blocks, right. would be pretty labor intensive and would cost way way more than I'd ever get back for it to do right. um so I don't know i'm I'm not sure what what it takes and what people are really good at making these conversions
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean it's probably like you enroll twenty right it's so so easy you can you know it's practically automatic you can do it in your sleep. I don't yeah. know, maybe for them it yeah. is and they'd be interested. So
0: Yeah, and and I expect if I got a little bit more work in with uh, Foundry, it it would it wouldn't be too challenging. I mean, there's just a couple of things that I don't know how to do easily uh mm-hmm. on there. Uh and I told other people and they said, Oh yeah, you just gotta do this, that, and the other thing. So I'm sure there's an easy way to do it. I just I just haven't haven't found it out. Uh but getting back to kind of things that we've talked about we've talked about vtts uh you know what we like we've talked about different uh characters and classes and running adventures and you know we have we have covered a lot of ground you and i and quite frankly when jason come came on board he and i went over a lot of the same ground but from his perspective and as well so well, which, we, which is fascinating yeah. like as a
1: yeah. viewer right viewer slash listener i guess viewer, when he came on we were doing yeah. video even then right. right um as a viewer it's really fascinating for me to hear jason talk about for example what the steps in development are when mm-hmm. i would talk about the steps in development for myself right, right? and they're not the same and that's yeah. that's really interesting to me to hear how other people do a job that i did and anyway
0: yeah, no, I think that's been very, it's enlightening for me, and I'm sure other folks, too, uh, have have enjoyed, you know, kind of kind of seeing that. Um, what I'm kind of wondering, though, and, and we talked about this a little bit uh, offline, you, I, and, and Jason, what we're going to talk about here until Starfinder 2 comes out?
1: Well, a lot you of know? the stuff we've been talking about is yeah. what we're playing and what we're yes. doing. I feel like there's going to be a lot that we could say about the experience of being Starfinder, sort of experienced Starfinder players who are looking at kicking off a new campaign. Um, mm-hmm. I think that even in these these waning days of Starfinder First Edition, I mean, it's not really waning, there's years still. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that might be something of interest to people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I was thinking about is just, there are still systems and kind of features that we haven't haven't really delved in as much. Uh, we've we talked about mechs early on, but now that we've played through to Defy the Dragon, I think we have a much more uh, kind of focused opinion on mechs and how they work and mm-hmm. what we might change or what we like about them. Uh, more recently, we used the um, narrative starship combat rules. Right, uh, and so for the I fir- think for the first time, I hadn't even
1: looked yeah. at them until right before mm-hmm. we used them in our game. So,
0: you know, so so that's something that's kind of neat. And with uh, uh you know, Mechagedon coming out, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in mechs and, mm-hmm. and and things like that. So, you know, so I think there's there's some things there. Um, we haven't really touched much on the field tests, and the third field test is opening up now. So, you know, there's there'll be. Uh, Kind of a collective of those things that we could go through and and talk about. So I, I do think there's. Could, I'd quite have, a to,
1: bit. have to. I would be perfectly honest. I have not looked at any of the field test documents. Yeah. So I would have. I'd have to do some research for that. And part yeah. of the reason. Part of the reason I've avoided it is because I I remember when I started at Paizo when they were doing Pathfinder Second Edition how deeply involved in the playtest rules I was and how we were doing right. the playtest. At the big playtest adventure, Doomsday Dawn, we were doing it in the office in different iterations before it even went to print. And then I was doing it uh, a playtest, a short playtest campaign that I ran with some friends. And I was really, really immersed in all the playtest rules. And then the actual rules came out and I was sort of floored by how, how it was just, just different enough to trip yeah. me up a lot, and I remember observing at the time it might have done my brain some good to have just ignored the playtest as much as possible, or certainly not buried myself in it as deeply, and just seen the finished product and been happy and successful with with that. So I can't say that I'm going to be able to avoid the Starfinder playtest forever, but I haven't looked at the field test yet. Um, trying to keep my my. Uh, uh, my list, my change log in my head, as short as possible between what I know about the Starfinder Second Edition play test and the actual Starfinder Second Edition rules.
0: You know, I I was actually kind of the same mind. I was thinking that I would get more involved when the actual play test came out rather than the field tests because mm-hmm. the field tests are you know a couple of classes, a couple of species, and you know some new things. It's not not a big overall comprehensive you know kind of thing. Okay. So versus the play test and. I remember when the Pathfinder uh, Second Edition playtest came out, and it was such a heavy lift, even just creating characters. Oh know?
1: yeah, 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 and uh, because a lot of it's... systems to help you automate that just didn't
0: exist yet. Exactly, exactly, and so I'm 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 hopeful that uh, Starfinder Second Edition is similar enough to Pathfinder Remastered, you know, Second Edition Legacy Remastered. That, that that'll that be an easy, easy lift. And then that there'll actually be uh, a little bit more resources available for folks. So it should go a little bit more quicker.
1: That that feels like it's pretty likely. And I, I, that's actually where I feel, I, I feel like that's where the the danger lies is when it's co- close enough, but there's little things that you have to keep track of to and from, right? right? If we were deciding to jump in and learn something, learn something different, I don't know, I think I have the, the savage pathfinder by I mean, yes. the savage world's rules. Yeah. That's so different that you wouldn't have to really worry about. I mean, the thing you have to worry about is can I still be a wizard Duke magic missile? It's not. Yeah. Is it called magic missile? Is it called something else? Is it, you know, that, yes. that anyway, yes. Um, and I, I want to remind you, even though I don't talk a lot about my day job at wizards of the coast much on this show, I'm in the middle of working with a rule set that is making a bunch of subtle differences to improve gameplay for our new books that are going to release this year. And that is, that is already filling my brain up with, all right, well, what does, what does the rules look like as they are now versus what do the rules look like as wow. they are currently going to be, but still are in the process of tweaking and ch- it's Anyway, it's, Whew. <laughs> too too close is the most dangerous. Maybe is the is the way that uh, I feel about that.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That reminds me of uh, oh shoot, you know when they're talking about uh, aliens, like um, you know when how, when something looks alien, it either you know, uncanny it, valley. It, yeah, the uncanny yeah. valley. That's yeah, a, uncanny that, that's valley. what kind of makes me. So it's the un uncanny valley of rule changes. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It is. You're like, but mm, you know. Is this and then a lot of things that are very similar, right? Is it a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a five foot step versus a guarded step versus a step versus a opportunity attack versus an attack of opportunity versus yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, you, your brain is going to be all messed up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I have. I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I mentioned it on the show. I'm actually playing in a Pathfinder First Edition campaign with some other yes. friends who are playing Skull yeah. and Shackles. Yes. And oh, oh boy, being able to sort of immerse myself back in Pathfinder First Edition is it's kind on on one hand, it's kind of a joy because I spent so much of my my gaming time playing with that system and much of my freelance working with that system and. But, uh, yeah, it's got, you know, warts and all, we're sort of back at it. It's, uh, I remember something that Jason Bowman said when he was sort of, uh, people sort of confronted him about Pathfinder second edition, right? You know, oh, does this mean you're, you know, that you don't like Pathfinder first edition or that you've improved on it or something like that? He's like, well, Pathfinder first edition is a great game and we're very proud of it. Pathfinder second edition isn't that game. And I feel that way even as a player, right? I'm like, oh, it's a, I mean, there's a lot to like about this game. It's, yeah. it's not the other games that I play in a lot of ways, but.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that'll be interesting, you know, when those changes come out for Wizards of the Coast. And on top of that, when, you know, we're doing Starfinder second play test, second edition play test and everything. And this, oh, that's, um, that's going to be a bunch of uh, craziness. Um, now, Starfinder, the second edition playtest, I think is going to release at Gen Con this summer. Is my okay. guess. I mean, it's it's supposed to come out this summer. Gen Con would make sense, right? That's the kind of the big release.
1: Yeah, it does. That's where I them. think I think Paizo's yeah. got a big. They still make big announcement presences there. The yeah. um, yeah, the whole making announcements at conventions has something that's really shifted a lot for a lot of game companies because of mm-hmm. the the pandemic that shut down convention attendance right. and people just out of kind of a business need realized, Oh, I can't hinge my release cadence on events that maybe people aren't going to.
0: So I'm told that Gen Con is getting closer to pre COVID attendance. Now it's been, we'll see, I may go
1: this upcoming year. And if
0: so, well, we that's can... what I was thinking too. You know? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>
1: uh so we'll see i think that that's yeah. uh the last couple of conventions that i've been to um well the one i was just at Orcacon here mm-hmm. and just for a few hours and just to say hello to people um and it's always good to catch up with old friends and you know meet new people and and that's been kind of fun even in a couple of hours i was able to sort of have a lot of really fun good catch-up conversations um but uh i've been increasingly going to conventions you know that my work is sending me to right which is nice and that wasn't the case when i first started there because Mm -hmm. but conventions are kind of opening back up again and what i don't know is if it means that companies will eventually move to returning to a convention announcement cadence for products right maybe maybe that'll make sense in sort of a post-covid convention return
0: to normal kind of structure Mm -hmm. well for paizo like Pisacon used to be one of their big announcing conventions Mm -hmm. and that's gone wholly online. And I don't know if that carries the same, well, they're doing kind of a modified in-person thing with select local uh, uh, game stores, but generally it's, it's all online. I don't know if that would prohibit it from doing an announcement because they sell panels and, and, and things like that. And they did make an announcement last year. When they announced Starfinder Second Edition, so that could be the case. Um, they don't have much of a presence at Origins anymore, and so right. really Gen Con is the big thing.
1: It's the other uh, one, yeah,
0: yeah, for for in person, and and that's kind of where I was going. Uh, that I think if it's going to be announced and released at Gen Con, the the Starfinder Second Edition playtest, then I am very interested in going there and being a part of it, one way or the I see. other. Now. I might also go for another game company to help them out. Somebody I'm running for. So who knows? Having a
1: big, having a big (laughs) Gen Con release or you don't know, or Uh,
0: there's, I think there's stuff coming out. Right. Yeah. But for sure, they want people to demo games and stuff like that. So I think if I, if I raise my hand, I might get an opportunity with them as well. And so, you know,
1: and that could be kind That's of fun. Like, yeah. 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 I really like yeah. the demo opportunity for conventions is good. I had a, uh, I remember Gen Con several years ago when I was one of the, was a very, very deep into the living Greyhawk campaign. I had an adventure that a four hour adventure that I ran, I think eight times <laughs> and yes. by the, by the sixth or seventh time, I didn't need to pull my copy of the adventure out yes. of my bag. Right. I did. Yeah. I just, a whole four-hour adventure. I know exactly I I knew the cadence of the read aloud text. I knew what was Damn. in every room and how big every room was to draw on the map. I think I had to look I think I had to pull it out finally at one point because I had to it was very important at the table whether the DC of the trap was like twenty-six or twenty-seven. And so I had to check. But other than that, I didn't need to pull the adventure out of the yeah. bag. So being part of kind of big releases like that where Lots of people are seeing the same thing anew lots of times can be a ton mm-hmm. of
0: fun. Yeah, I, I i I think it would be great. And it was just in November, I was cleared uh, to go to conventions again, do a lot of things. Basically, my, my doctor said, you know, probably you're going to get, because I'm immunocompromised, you're probably going to catch a cold or get sick or whatever anyway at these conventions because there's concrete going around as long as you're willing to put up with two weeks of recovery compared to maybe half a week to a week for a normal person, you're probably okay. It's not going to kill you kind of thing, um, which is, you know, it's just like you're just going to be sick a little bit longer. And, and for me, a summer convention works out great because I'm, I'm off work anyway, because I right. teach. So it's like, what, Oh, yeah. You know.
1: I did one thing I didn't realize about OrcaCon and I should have remembered it because it was the case last year. Oh yeah. It's a fully masked required convention.
0: Yes. I, so. I, Didn't think to remind you about that. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I had, well, I actually had, I was not masked when I first got there and I met some friends and we were playing, you know, pulled out a board game almost right away. And so there I am in one of the uh, upper floor lobbies playing a game and somebody came by and was like, excuse me, you know, I see you're playing a game at this convention and masks are required. So, Oh yeah. Okay. Pull one out put it on. Um, The, uh, uh, but anyway, it does, uh, uh, but anyway, so if that makes, makes you feel more comfortable about attending OrcaCon know that they were in fact yeah. pretty aggressive about making sure that everybody was masked.
0: No, I think, I think that was good. In fact, I had planned to go to OrcaCon until I came down with COVID over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was going to actually run a game. I was going to run over my adventures the first day. And as soon as I, um I, Got the positive diagnoses, I I told the uh, organizer because they were going to have to submit the games to the gaming schedule. I said, hey, uh, you shouldn't submit mine because I don't know if I will be over it by then because my immune system is compromised. Things can tend to hang on longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sure enough, the day before I would have run, I tested negative. uh, I was on Paxlovid, which is something that helps uh, people with weaker immune systems get over this sort of thing. And so I reached out back to him and said, hey, I'm clear, I can run it. He said, oh, I had to take you off the schedule just in case. So it's okay. So I was gonna drop by, but then I ended up both my daughters have birthdays this week. And so we ended up doing birthday stuff. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know how it is, kids.
1: <laughs> I can tell yeah, they have like events or whatever, or yes. basketball yes. games or what have you, yes. which is what I was at all uh, all day. I will I will drop very quickly my uh, daughter's basketball game. Um, was against a team that is, I, I, uh, frankly, just a lot tighter, a lot better. But the last time they played them a month and a half ago, uh, they lost fifty-two to sixteen. Wow! And I was, I was telling my daughter, I'm like, yeah. you guys are better. They're probably a little bit better, but you're better too. You work better as a team. If you do any better than fifty-two to sixteen, that will, I'll call that a win. That's an improvement. Uh, and then they lost fifty-three to sixteen. <laughs> So they actually got <laughs> one, one point
0: actually worse. worse. Um, wow. Well, uh, Stephanie had messaged me about um, you guys have some games up in Stanwood coming up next month.
1: We do. The the group that we're with, we're sort of the very far southern eastern end of the the collar ring around Seattle. And Stanwood mm-hmm. is sort of the very farthest north end. Right. And yeah. we've got a couple of games with them way up in Stanwood. So... Yeah, she said she might reach out to you about making the whole drive a lot more convenient if we have a home base that's up there, maybe.
0: Yes. Well, we told her the 10th and 11th would work for oh, sure. Thank you. The week the week before is Deb's birthday, and oftentimes we go up there with her sister who has the same birth date um, and okay. celebrate up there. So that one is kind of up Is she not air. a twin? No, it's two years apart. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> and apparently how that works is... When your mom goes to a nursing convention at the same time of year, every year, and the husband uh, visits during that, apparently something can happen. I don't <laughs> when you're know.
1: away from the kids, and you know. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah, but they're the same birthday, two years apart. Um, you know, this is kind of fun because this is something Jason and I don't. Talk a lot about a non-stuff, gaming stuff like this. <laughs> well, that's what, and I wonder
1: whether or not our listeners at this point are like, um, "Can we yeah. get a couple of Starfighter tidbits, maybe, yeah. or industry yeah. tidbits, or advice for games?" Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but this is fun. I think like, this is one of the things I really enjoy. Uh, it, is. Doing. it is. Well, uh, getting so back to Starfinder the, stuff.
1: Yes. Well, let me. Yeah, let me ask. What's the big? What's the next big? Mo- like, once you've made one hundred. On a podcast, are we going to get excited about 200? Do you have to go from 100 to 1,000 before you can get excited again? How does. No,
0: I think 200. I think 200 okay. is fine. All right. I mean, for our Intrepid Heroes, we're at 123. 123 is the one That's I just so much.
1: That's a lot yeah. of gaming. When I think yeah. back, I'm sure that I've had lots of other campaigns that have gone on. That long. I know I have ones that have had that many or more sessions, but having it so easily sort of archived where I can go back and okay. listen and like, oh, I remember that it's just such a treasure. I know that uh Mark will go back and listen to some yeah. of the old ones that they come out. He's mentioned that, how fun that is. So
0: well, that's what's uh, really great about when I edit them, because like these are ones, you know, we played like six or seven months ago. So, know. <laughs> you know, probably even more. I don't It was before June. So, uh, actually, probably from April uh, wow. when we finished up. Wow! And so it's kind of fun hearing all the stuff that we did, and uh, we. So in in this particular episode, we just leveled up. I think we just hit level nineteen. Okay. Yes, we did because there's a. Uh, this comes out uh, tomorrow. For oh, this came out already because this this That's episode right. comes out That's Thursday. Right. That that comes out on on Monday. So there's a line in there, uh, and actually, my character says. I, I really wanted to see Koholo do her 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 um uh solarian uh burst, right? Because I want to see what 20 d6 of damage looks like. <laughs> so that's a that's a level 19 solarian. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's uh it, it is it's kind of fun playing that and go being able to go back and listen to it. And then now we get to talk to somebody who played it with me. Right, right. (laughs) It's kind of fun. So,
1: Well, I think that that's one of the consistent questions that people have. Like, what do I do about high-level play? Why don't I ever get to see high-level play? Why aren't there more examples of high-level play? So us being able to not just play it, but like be an example of high-level play in that kind of real-life way that Intrepid Heroes is, where we screw up the rules and just kind of have to roll with it, just like any old (laughs) table does. And Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I do cringe a little bit when I hear myself say something that might not be right, <laughs> that no. I know, <laughs> so or that we're uh, we're doing something a little off, um, but we're pretty good. We're pretty good at it, you know. Overall, you know our stuff, lots of practice. Um, but what I was thinking um, for for us, you know, in for the next hundred episodes, you know, what are we going to be talking about? So we'll be wrapping up, uh, you know, some of Starfinder. The, the last of it here, you know. So, um, Scoured uh, Stars, Adventure Path, uh, Mechageddon, um, no more hardcovers coming out, you know, in terms of rules. Right.
1: That's a, Didn't they say that formally that there's not going to be any yeah. more hardcovers other than those two? Yeah. Um, and you can understand that from a business perspective, of, separately from the Foundry decision, which in some cases yes. is a labor of love for people. Paizo has to be very careful about the business realities Mm -hmm. of having announced a brand new edition um, Mm -hmm. while they still have other product to go. Right. Um, Do you know if they're going to continue, no more hardcovers, but are they going to continue their
0: current pace of Starfinder society right up until? Well, they slowed that down this past year. Okay. So so it had been, uh, we were getting, so it started off, we were getting uh, like one a month and then they doubled up to two a month. Mm-hmm. and and now they've gone back to i think it's for a while it was one a month two a month one a month two a month i think it's down to one a month now uh
1: yeah.
0: and I think that's that's i think that's where it's gonna stay i don't I don't know yeah. for sure um you know i don't that's above my pay grade obviously uh, <laughs> um but i I get the sense that um you know this this time frame now. You know, they're uh, the developers are well into season seven, which will be mm-hmm. the last season of Starfinder uh, first edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and pretty soon they will be gearing up for the the first season of Starfinder second edition uh, organized play, because just as um, you know, as soon as they kicked off Starfinder for release. Organized play followed pretty quickly afterwards. And I think they want to right. do that hand in hand as well. Yep. So
1: yeah, that's how you reach a lot of people initially when you've got a new rule system is let's get an organized play adventures out. that are going to get people actually playing it and testing it. I know that worked really well for third edition D and D I was mm-hmm. sort of at the Gen Con where it was just a whole bunch of organized play for that. Um, and uh, I've seen it with other, the start. you know, I wrote one of the very early, Uh, Pathfinder Second Edition, um, Mm -hmm. one of the very early Starfinder. I mean, I've I've kind of been at the forefront of a lot of these. Now that I think about it,
0: huh? Well, I'm I'm hoping that I can get in early on on Starfinder Second Edition. That's uh, I've already you know made that known and been told uh, certain things. So uh, we'll see. Um, Nothing I can talk about now. So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that And, and. Quite frankly, I, I like Starfinder as it is as well. And it's not so much because the system is, is infallible or whatever, but it's like I like our groups that play. Mm-hmm. We kind of know the system. We kind of enjoy playing it. And even now with our, our upcoming actual play, we'll start at you know first level. You know, um, everybody's talking about uh, which type of uplifted bear they're going to play. That's right.
1: What, uh, cl- <laughs> what class our uplifted bears will all
0: take? You know, uh, or, you know, different different classes and species they haven't played. And so that's, that's, there's a lot of things you can do, even if you've been playing as long as we have, mm-hmm. that you've never done before in Starfinder.
1: Yeah, I think part of the reason I'm looking at an evolutionist, and don't hold me to that, is because yeah. we did an episode where we talked about it. And I'm like, huh, yes. I wasn't particularly interested in this at all when it was announced. But because I had to look it over in order to talk about it with you, yes. I, gosh, there's a lot of potential there. I got really interested in it because I kind of had to. It was homework <laughs> that yes. I got really interested. So but finally, I'll be able to play an evolutionist, I think, maybe. so.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that'll be something that we can talk about a little bit more here as well. And sure. uh, there's a lot of stuff that came out with Starfinder Enhanced. I was actually um, I was going to play a society game today and I realized I had not leveled up my character. You know, I was just DM credits. I had not leveled it up for like six levels. And so, oh my
1: sitting,
0: <laughs> well, it was supposed to be a nine to twelve in. All my high level characters had leveled out. I, I have like five okay. level thirteens. So I said, "Oh okay. shoot, uh, I got to level up one of these things up to nine or ten that I haven't done anything with." And so I'm looking at, and there's like so many options now from oh, compared yeah. to back in the day. In like with Starfinder enhanced, allowing you to do stuff for character options and feats and all kinds of stuff. So there's there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about still. So oh yeah, I think- and I was
1: really surprised with Starfinder enhanced i I expected kind of the rebuilt envoys and solarians yes. and witch Warp and stuff i didn't i really didn't expect so much other stuff for the other classes and there's a ton in
0: there yes. so yeah. yeah yeah I was excited i i got to i got to work on you know fourth classes and and do some eight, things and eight. and something that was really cool i don't know if I mentioned this to you i i went through starfinder enhanced with a fine tooth comb and virtually everything I wrote got in not with not n- no major changes. I had a couple of things that were cut out for space reasons, right? They didn't add something else in mm-hmm. like that. And so I felt really good. Cause that, that was one of, that was probably one of my biggest freelance projects I had. I, you know, I, I wrote uh, like some 20,000 words in that, wow. in that book and uh, most of them kind of went in as I did a couple of name changes and things. And, but, right. um, but yeah, I was excited by that. And so now I want to play a bunch of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like now I've done it. Who'd I do yeah. it for?
0: For me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, when I'm doing character options, that's what, you know, I think, man, what would I love to see in a game, you know, forever? And and I mentioned this, I think in another episode, um, force effect, way, ways that characters can get force effects. It was something I was really big on for a while because of our experience on the uh with the dead suns campaign, oh that darn the ghost City with the oh, oh wait, yeah, I remember that, oh, oh man, we couldn't do anything, we are like first level, or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, so, so now I try to figure it out for everybody.
1: <laughs> Well, that kind of, but that kind of occasional weakness is important. I'm running yeah. a, a strength of thousands campaign, and one yeah. of the characters they can went up against a ghost of some kind. Yeah. I mean, it's an incorporeal creature; it's immune to precision damage. And our swashbuckler just kind of threw up her hands, and she's like, "Well, oh, I got nothing. Yeah. precision damage is kind of all I do for everything."
0: <laughs> well, and that's that is the downside early on, especially because you're very specialized, yeah. you know, and it isn't in, until you've kind of gained some levels and you realize, Oh, I need to have ability to affect this or do this or, or do this. In fact, like the game I was supposed to play today, it was like a whole bunch of damage dealers. And I thought, Oh, I should bring something that has skills. <laughs> <So that's> a, <laughs> I was bringing an operative because, you know, that's the soldier and soldier Vanguard. They're not going to be doing much other than beating on things. They're so. going to be hitting stuff. That's what they do. Yeah. So, but right. anyway, so I'm excited. Uh, for the next hundred episodes, we'll we'll see if we get that far, you know, without well, then a have but... See, now we've had an
1: arc, Sean, because yeah. earlier in this very episode, you were like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, what yeah. we're going to be able to do. And now it sounds like you're ex- filled with ideas and excited yes. about what we're yes. going to be able to do. So, great. That's a, come along for a narrative arc like that, everybody.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, one of the things I'll say is that oftentimes this is just on-air brainstorming that we're doing. So, it's... Uh... That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> a lot of it.
0: Well, thanks so much uh Ron for for joining us again. I think um I think officially when we get Jason back, we're going to have to re record our intro. Okay. Oh,
1: because it's a you and Jason intro. Yes,
0: and you're like, kind of yeah, with us like now. A, a
1: hanger on like yeah. a
0: like a groupie you
1: know that climbed up on stage in order to try to play with the band. But that's uh Yeah.
0: So I quit saying special guest uh when I when I post the, the the podcast for this. You're no longer a special guest, you're one of our regulars okay. now. But I think I feel, we need I feel uh, less special. I still feel very yeah. special. So <laughs> But I think we need to, well, as soon as we can get Jason back, what we need to record our new uh our new intro for, for all of us. We can do that'll that. be the we can do that. second hundred that we're <laughs>
1: working. All righty. And I'll keep hanging on at least uh, you know, if you and I want to keep doing this until Jason comes back, that's great oh, too. Yeah. So sure. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm John. And I'm Ron. And this is Digital Divination.